Hello and welcome to the Naval Air Podcast. My name is Mike and I am still your host. If you're one of uh, my original subscribers from back in 2008, 2007, 2008, uh, no, you are not dreaming. This is a new, fresh episode. Uh, what brought it about was a buddy of mine that went through the pipeline with me way back in the way back. Uh, we started reminiscing the other day. And, uh, you know, his experience was a little bit the same as mine, a little bit the different, a little bit the different, and a little bit different from mine. So uh, we figured that we may as well um, capture it, put it into uh, some digital form and well here we are so we're going to basically start with his experience sort of like mine where we're going to run through and and you're going to hear us reminisce you know uh i've already told a lot of my stories and so we're going to start with what he, he listened to my stuff and and what i said what it triggered for him and then when he talks what it triggers for me and we're just going to kind of go through it like that. So uh, without uh, any further delay, let me introduce him right now. Say hello, Scott. Hi, I'm uh, Scott Fitzpatrick, uh, former uh, AW, many, former uh, H2 air crewman. Many moons ago, uh, Scott was with me uh, in the first, well, in the early part of the pipeline. We were in the same class and then... He elected not to take a vacation when I did, and then I was a class behind him for the rest of it. But so Scott is going to come on, and he's going to give his perspective of how his time was. Scott spent a lot of more time on active duty in the Navy than I did, and he saw some transitions uh, from uh, one platform to another. Uh, but uh, we're going to try to follow the same uh, the same schedule from when I was giving my talks 13 years ago now um, and we're going to start with Scott's uh, background and interest you know what what led him to the Navy and uh, what led him to aviation as an interest and so go ahead and I'll interrupt whenever you know you say some juicy tidbit I want more information on sure that sounds good uh, I uh, grew up a uh, military brat. My dad was uh, in the Air Force, so I always had an interest in the military. And uh, since I grew up on Cape Cod, basically, I always had an interest in the uh, ocean. My dad actually really liked boats and ships like that himself. So I always had the Navy, and naval aviation was always very uh, interesting to me, you know, aircraft carriers and um, didn't really uh, pay a lot of attention to helicopters so much at the time. Kind of more fascinated with uh, carriers and that sort of thing. But uh, ultimately wound up in uh, helicopters. When I was a teenager, I worked uh, out on a nearby military base. So I became more familiar with helicopters, namely the Coast Guard. And that was sort of where I was kind of looking towards. However, at the time, it was very difficult to get into the Coast Guard only because they took a limited number of people and the delayed entry program for going into uh, the aviation field that I was interested in would have been fairly long. So, Like how long? Like over a year? Over a, over a year. 
yeah, they, they didn't have very many quotas, and I was trying to get into the advanced electronics technician program where I would have been an AT, and the Coast Guard is unique in that all of their aviation rates, they all are air crewmen. So I would have flown, but I, at that time, I didn't have any idea what it would have been in, of course, but I had a real interest in the Coast Guard. And it was really by pure... I'd almost call it happenstance that I even wound up uh, as an AW because then I started thinking about joining the local Air National Guard unit, and then I started looking at into the reserves up at at the time NAS South Weymouth, and then I actually met um, a guy that was an AW, and I think it's V I think it was VP ninety two up there. That that's right. And he took me up there. What's I'm sorry, Mike. So that sounds right. VP ninety two was Weymouth, I yeah, think. Yeah, reserve, reserve P three squadron up there, and showed me around. Went up and looked inside the P three, and I thought that was pretty cool. And then they also had a reserve H three squadron there, so I got a little bit of a, a a taste of that, and I started getting interested in that, and went down to the uh, the recruiter's office and. Uh, I remember the recruiters. One was a uh, a utilities chief, which is like a CB, and the other one was a quartermaster first class that I can almost remember his name, but I, it kind of escaped me now. But they didn't want to enlist me as an AW. Are they pushing nuke? They Well, they had me take the nuke test, and... I did pretty good on that, but they were also trying to push me into the what they call the advanced medical field, which would be a six-year enlistment, and you go to like a year of a, a, a C school, which is kind of like an advanced training for some type of clinical thing, and I had zero interest in both of those. So, as, yeah, as some people have... Go ahead. No, I so say, yeah, me too. I'm, you know, Nuke was the big thing when I was... Look at I, the Navy, they, I, were, they were pushing it hard. I think they had some kind of a deal with quotas, too. Like, you counted more if they got you in as a nuke or something like <laughs> yeah, that like, as well. Yeah. Like, they only had to, put uh, in one, had to put in one less dude or something if they got a nuke, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I had no interest in that. And the other uh, just pure coincidence thing was, I well, I said, okay, well, I'll think about it. And then I decided I was going to talk to the Air Force recruiter, but I kid, kid you not, I went down the hallway and he had one of those I'll return at one o'clock things. <laughs> so I left and and I, I went, uh, I can't remember if I was working that day because I was working at the airport for a commuter airline out on the ramp, you know, throwing bags and doing all that kind of stuff or uh, what I was doing. Um, but uh, I came back and I said, uh, well, I'm not really interested in the um, medical field or nuclear power or any of that other stuff. So um, I'm just going to, you know, explore some other options. And I left and then I came and then they I think they called me and they said, oh, we can get you a quota for AW. So I came back and uh, did the delayed entry program. That was in June of 84. Two, and then I was going to report for boot camp in November because I think you and I literally graduated within a day of each other Probably. at boot camp. Yeah, yeah. I reported the 17th of November for uh, was yeah. one of the day I got on the plane. That was my that was my enlistment day too. 
17. That's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) You're you're getting on a plane to Chicago and I'm getting on a plane to Orlando. Yeah. yeah. The same night. Probably. And you flew from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So did I. (laughs) Are you serious? I did. We're, we're, I went on Delta. Who did you go oh, on? Oh, I could remember. I couldn't tell you who. Uh, it probably might have Delta. been Eastern. It was probably Delta it, or Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> and the flight went to, and actually it was weird. The flight stopped in uh, Tampa and then jumped over to Orlando, which was like a, you know, uh-huh. you know, a hop, skip, and a jump from there. But we uh, got a nonstop you know, flight. They, the, the, the funny thing about uh, the enlistment process, you know, going up there to the MEP station in Boston was, and everybody said the same thing. The doctor doing the physical looked like he was about 90 years old. And of course, you know, you and I, you're even younger than I was. I was, I was 22 and everybody looks old at that age. Yes. But this dude was old. So my MEP station was in New Hampshire. I went to oh in Manchester yeah so my yeah we went to Manchester because you know I was living in New Hampshire at the time but right. when, so you know our you know my entry day on the seventeenth was the recruiter picked me up at crack of dawn I I want to say we're at Meps you know by eight um, got another physical right make sure you nothing happened yep. between then and there and you did your I want to say you did your oath right after right around lunchtime either right before or right after. And then, Are you talking about before he got on the bus to the airport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ours was the same. You know, I, I got to wonder if we were in the same group. Well, no, you were in Boston. we left I was, the same day. You, I was in Boston. But, yeah, the 17th. But I did, but I did mine in, in Manchester. I got on a bus. Oh, that's right, Manchester. I, I'm sorry, so, yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I want to say we're at the Logan Airport by four, three or it four was, in the afternoon. It was dark when we got there. Or getting dark. Yeah, it was right around because it was November, right? So already sun was. Yeah, it's a late sun going down early, but. And, and heaven forbid we'd arrive at boot camp at like a, a reasonable hour nope, of the day, right? No, nope, no, nope. that does not serve their purpose. So the so we I went up there for that delayed entry thing, and I had broken my ankle like about I don't know two years before that. Doing so what? myself and I think three or four. Uh, I was playing in a softball tournament. Okay. And and broke my ankle and uh so they sent me with about three or four other guys to an orthopedist for more x-rays to get the green light for that but uh that was the only hiccup i had through that whole uh process and then i went back home went to work and uh, at that time uh you had to show up once a week for a, a delayed entry program meeting yes with your at least for, yeah I remember yeah that. and you had to you were starting to learn how to like form up or I don't really remember exactly. We're kind of goofing around a lot most of the time. Yes. It wasn't really anything we were too serious. And even the recruiter wasn't really too serious about it either. Um, I want to say he was even in civilian clothes when we were doing it because we were doing it, we were doing it in the evening. Yeah. And I don't I, even remember what it was at. I, so our, you know, the funny thing is our recruiter, because I went with a buddy. So my friend and I from high school, we were like doing this whole thing together. And we first met him at a recruiting station in Nashua, New Hampshire, because I was like the closest big one. And during our the whole recruiting process, because we probably started talking to him in December of that year, and you know the selection and you know back and forth and the my actual MEPS day was like in May. That was when I entered the delayed entry program. It was in May. And between the time yeah. we first started talking to him and the time we actually raised our hands. Uh, he moved from Nashville, New Hampshire to Salem. He went from like a three-man office to a one-man office. Oh, okay. So, so that whole summer, 
we'd go visit him. Yeah, it was like once it was like once a week or every other week. Yeah, it was we'd, once a week. We'd have to yeah. pop we'd have to pop by his recruiting office. And we just seriously we would hang out there and be for a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we were doing too. We weren't really doing anything like uh stringent by any stretch of the word of the word. I think his job was to make sure he didn't get in trouble while we're waiting yeah. for for a ship date. Right? Don't screw up your your enlistment or you know your Well, your, I didn't get into trouble, but uh Maybe about two months before I was leaving for boot camp, I got pulled over and and got charged with reckless driving for passing on in what they said was a no passing zone. Okay. And uh, on 28 between Falmouth and Hyannis on the Cape. Yeah. And I went back actually to where he said that it was on the ticket, and sure enough, it's a passing zone. So I decided I was going to fight it. And I went down to the uh, the courtroom there, and the, the officer wasn't there, so I was already good to go, you know, since he he didn't show up. And, and so the, the judge just asked me a couple questions, and I said, yeah. And it literally might have been less time than that. I mean, it was pretty – not two, two, three weeks maybe before I was going to boot camp when I went for this appearance. And uh, he just, uh, you know, threw it out and said, good luck. Yeah, if you got into trouble, I would have – you would have – been hosed yeah right. but I, I mean like he didn't the cop didn't even show up so i was already good to i was already golden so so you went but, to basic uh, training in, in orlando right yep and uh the funny thing is you know i'm like remembering all these names is there's a few names i'll never forget i'll never forget the name of the officer that uh we raised our right hand with in boston before we left to get on the bus it was second lieutenant Greenfeld or United States Marine Corps. Really? I couldn't tell. I want yep. to say it was an Army guy that, that swore us in. And uh, they did have an interview there, too. When you, the, One of the first things we did is like a quickie physical. And uh, then we had an interview with a classifier, as they, I think they called him. And he just said okay, uh, he wanted to make sure everything was legit, you know, like your paperwork was all good. And is this really what you want to do? Blah, 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 as far as like being an AW. And he, he even said, if you want to change your mind, you can just walk out the door right now and you're done. Which was true. You yeah. you could have just showed up and there's nothing they could have done to you. So obviously I didn't do that. I raised no, no. my member raising my right hand. And then uh, some guy, they handed him all of the envelopes and uh, said, hang on to him. And off we went to the airport. Right from there. And, I remember uh, waiting around a bit before we got up to the airport. Doesn't yeah, it? we might have waited around a little bit. I think we might even have had lunch or something, too. I, I just don't I, – I remember my mom dropping me off. It was, like, really early in the morning and then, you know, riding the bus up from Barnstable there, Hyannis up to Boston, and just having this feeling in my mind. I, I wasn't the slightest bit the afraid or nervous. I was more like that uh, – Excited. You know, I'm – yeah. I'm excited. I'm embarking on some big adventure and who knows where I'm going to end up, which was the, which was the kind of the cool thing about it as I, as I reflect back on it. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I, I, I had no problem waking up at 5am to get ready to go. No, <laughs> I, I, the only thing that I really, that kind of, I wouldn't say bothered me was, uh, you know, my mom being a military spouse and all that kind of stuff was, uh, the, the night before, uh, I left, uh, she, I, I found her, she didn't know I was in, in, proximity and she was sitting at the kitchen table kind of crying a little bit 
that kind of stuck with me a little bit. But that's just natural, you know. It's hard to parents, you know, you're you're leaving the nest really for good this time. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me about Orlando. Well, I mean, it's just like you said uh, yourself. It was no the thing I remember. Uh, you know, I, I remember a little bit about being at the airport in Boston because the guy they gave the records to turned out getting thrown out for the 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 urinalysis after we got there. Oh, but I, somehow I thought that he was the most responsible. He wound up in my company, um, but he wound up gone in like a week. You know, and the urinalysis came back. Because yeah, that's the first thing you did, yeah. Yep. Well, I remember getting to to Orlando and they had us in one of the waiting areas. And I don't know about you, but they would not let us sit on the chairs. We had to sit on the floor. No, we sat in we sat at like, you know, high school desks. You know, yeah, this was like it looked like thing. a like a gate area where, while they're waiting for some other flights to come in with more people. And uh, they made us sit on the floor. And I, then I remember being on the bus going through the main gate. And of course, you're sitting there, and of course, no talking. You know, no grab assing, you know, no looking out the window, just eyes front and uh, (laughs) pulling up to the to the riff, as they call it, the recruit in process in processing facility, they called it. So I was now what they called in Orlando, a riffer, a riffer, what a riffer at Great Lakes. You know, the 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 great big gray bus pulls in the gate and right there is the the first place you go and they get us off the bus and line us up. And yep. I still remember some dudes because you know uh, RTC NTC Great Lakes was right next to each other, so there's some dudes from the NTC side crossing the street, uh, heading out on Liberty or whatever, and, or coming back maybe, and they're all just like, "Oh, you made a mistake! Too late now! You guys are in tra- you guys are hosed." Yeah, you got yeah exactly. <laughs> Cat calls. So us. this is this is really funny. You're gonna get you're gonna get a good laugh out of this. So. I remember going into a big room and they had all these long tables with plastic chairs and they had a ditty bag with all of your, the toiletry stuff that you're supposed to get in the very beginning and some forms there. And then we sat down. I remember there was a senior chief, you know, a red roper as we used to call the, the company commanders. And I remember he was sitting up on the table and he started talking and there was some form we had to fill out and he says, I don't want any dots, dashes, commas, periods on my Navy fucking form. <laughs> you might have to edit that out, but <laughs> that's, that's, no, no, that's right. exactly Good what job. he said. Right. <laughs> and, and I could, I didn't laugh. A few people laughed a little bit, but, uh, and sure enough, wouldn't, and you know, this happened. There was one guy. But... So we, this poor kid hadn't even been in the Navy, barely not even 24 hours. And he's already getting mashed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> which is which we call you know yep. mashing a, uh, make, make a sailor make hurt. a sailor hurt. Yep, I remember that. Yep, uh, or getting cycled. They used to call it too. So this guy's already doing doing push-ups, and uh, we did the uh, you know the ur- random urinalysis, and then uh, somehow we wound up at some barracks, and of course it's really late at night, and I wound up in a top bunk and it's the classic experience that so many people have of course I didn't really sleep because I think by the time we got there maybe it was one o'clock in the morning something crazy like that yeah and I was already prepared for what was coming and it, it was just it was almost 
textbook. I was about mid compartment on a top bunk and I was laying so I could see the door. I see the door open and there's a bunch of guys wearing the Eisenhower jack, you know, the black, yeah. you know, the gunfighters and some khaki guys. And literally I see a brand new galvanized trash can come down the middle and then a, then the lid like a frisbee before it even bounced off anything i was already on the deck and moving for the the head so because they all came in there yelling that you got you guys got 10 minutes to get your you know blah 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 out of the blah 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 and yeah. get in and get yourself dressed and out on the out on the line you know the line they had out on the, yep. the front of the bunks there in your civilian clothes and still. uh and it was a total, you know, you, it was just like uh, herding cats, you know, yeah, uh, uh, of all these young guys uh, have no idea what the heck they're doing. And these guys are yelling and carrying on. And uh, oh, yeah. oh, you have a sliding scale, really. You have a sliding scale of people that are, you know, are somewhat with it and know what to expect and, you know, can filter out the yelling for the purpose of getting you moving quickly. Yeah. And, then, and then it slides down to the... To, the other end of the scale where people are just completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And you have like, well, what did yep. you think was going to happen? You know, I mean, exactly, exactly. And then I remember marching up the, the main boulevard and, and seeing how that was just total, not anarchy, but it was just crazy. All these companies were marching to, to, to breakfast, you know, and, uh, there was some red ropes riding around on bicycles and there was, uh, just a lot of people and a lot of marching and, people going all over and of course we're in what the navy used to call a gaggle you know what yeah starts with a you know f and ends with a k thing <laughs> and, and uh i remember getting to the chow hall and going in and all the guys in the chow hall are doing the same thing that uh the guys going on liberty were doing us because we're in civilian clothes yes they know who you are yeah <laughs> you stand out like a sore thumb and the odd thing is we ate on the side of that side of the chow hall that we excuse me that we ate in that was the only time I ever ate in that side because the way they had Orlando set up is they had half the divisions on one end because there was two grinders in Orlando and half the divisions were on one side of one end of the grinder and on the other side were the other grinders and in the middle was this huge massive chow hall and across the street from that was the uh, RTC uh, training building and uh yeah, so we had breakfast, and some of the rest of it the next few days is kind of a blur because there's just so much stuff hey. that you're doing at all. It seems like a week blended into a day. I yeah. mean, you know, a day or two, a week or whatever. There was no – I don't remember there being any divisions at the time. It seemed like we are constantly doing something. Yeah, so hair, it all kind of jumbled together. Haircut, really part of shots, uniforms. Yeah, I, I remember – uh, yep, I remember. Oh, and here's another thing that's funny: stenciling your uniforms for three hours <laughs> until your. Head. I still have mine. I still have mine somewhere too. My boot camp stencil. You know, what, <laughs> you know what's funny, Mike? The guy on the next next to me. So you know my name's kind of long, right, Fitzpatrick? Yeah. yeah. The guy on the side of me was like Vietnamese or Chinese or something of descent. His last name was Y I, like Yi or Yai or something like that. Oh my like gosh! So he was. <laughs> so. He's all done, right? And 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 I'm like a third of the way through my stuff. And I'll never forget it was that senior chief Harrington, the one that just passed. He's 
he's yelling at me like that, that you know you need what are you doing blah 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 because i remember him yelling at me because i was going too slow and then he kind of stopped when he realized oh wow this kid's only got a two-letter last name right that's crazy the worst yeah. the worst part of that stenciling party though that i remember is is you had to do the you know the underwear you were wearing <laughs> you had to take them off I don't remember doing that. It's dead, so put it back on. I, yeah, I so don't remember doing that. That might have been a. Uh, oh my god. That might have been a Great Lakes thing. I definitely don't remember. We could have done that. I, uh, I just don't remember. Painful memory block. All right, so you had girls though, right? The the girls went yeah, to. Yeah, they're the women trained down in uh, in Orlando. In fact, we had a what they call a sister company that we did a lot of all the academic stuff uh, together. Um, but. Uh, that was really the only time we're quote unquote, if you want to say it together, was in the classroom uh, when we went to do firefighting and the gas chambers and the field day and all that. We were kind of grouped together, but uh, I don't. I forget what their the female companies were K and the male companies were C. Don't ask me why they differentiated it like that, but that's that's how they did it down there in Orlando. And I was in Division Six. I remember that we were on the first deck. And uh, which was right next to the chow hall, which was convenient. I remember, uh, you know, vaguely getting the haircut and standing in line. All of a sudden, my one of these, the other company commander, Chief Moko, who was an OSC, comes up and says, you're the yeoman. <laughs> Just out of, the thinking, blue. out of the blue. Yeah, you're the yeoman. I don't know. They look at your record background, maybe because I was older or something. I don't know. I had a couple of years of college under my belt, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I wound up the yeoman. And myself, the RCPO, the Master at Arms, and the Guide On were the only ones of our company staff that didn't get fired throughout boot camp. Really? Everybody else got fired and replaced dur during the course of that eight and a half weeks. Let's see. We had our our uh, yeah our recruit chief petty officer got fired. Um, my buddy was actually the one who replaced him. Um, our yeoman and our Master at Arms they managed to stay. Uh, the Guide On guy, yeah, he's. He, he managed to keep his job. Um, out of the squad leaders, I don't remember if any... I, I mean, I was one of them because, you know, they lined us up by height and they did every fifth guy or every yeah. sixth guy was a squad leader. Well, I was just... <laughs> went through six and I was the next one, all right? So you're here. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I don't remember any squad leaders losing their job for being a... Because, you know, your job is to really kind of march decently. I remember any squad leaders. Only, only the RCPO got canned. And what did he get canned for? He was not. How did I, you know? Not, I don't want to say strong, but he just was kind of. He was weak. He not. He wasn't forceful enough. You know. He was just kind of. I don't want to say lax or well, chill. Ours was a. Ours was a former Marine, so it was kind of like a no-brainer that he was going to do it. And you know he did a fine job. Ours was a Navy uh, Army Osvet. Yeah, yeah. Our our same thing with our Master Arms. He was he was former uh, Army. In fact, he was had been 82nd Airborne, been through jump school and all this stuff. So, yeah. He just was too chill, I guess. Like that's the only way I could describe it. You know, he he knew the commands. He didn't really script the commands too much. You know, because he got to know when to say a right flank or left flank and what foot you say it and all that. And I I think he did that okay. It just I think he was in like 10 days before he got canned. So, yeah, it's, and it's amazing how some people, 
react to that initial shock of, uh, you know, whatever stress that they're going through. We had one guy that I'll never forget in the middle of the night, I don't know, maybe the second or third night or something like that, because one of the company commanders stayed overnight, I think, the first few nights. So it, was, it must have been after they stopped doing that. So this might have been the second week, maybe a little further in than that, where in the, you know, we had the fire watch walking yes. around. Freaking stupid. And for some reason, I felt like I woke up I, in the middle of the night. I'm like, why am I awake? And I sense the guy I was right next to my bunk. And he was standing there yelling left face, right face, Ugh. doing facing movements and stuff. Like he was, I, don't, I think he was faking that he was, that he was uh, sleepwalking. Okay. Because he disappeared, never to return. <laughs> and we had, uh, we had another guy that literally went over the fence. That's just stupid. They'll let you out for uh, any number of reasons. No reason to run away. That, that's what he did. They had another guy that uh, slammed his knee into one of the columns until, I don't know if he injured himself or or that, what. He could have just said, you know, I don't want to be here, and eventually it probably would have got rid of him. He still get ah, uh, that's just dumb. Did you, have, did you have any mistakes? Did you have any mistakes that cost you some, what they call the intensive training? Well, I have to say, Mike, that... Uh, I was Mr. Goody Two Shoes in boot camp. Um, I in have... Orlando, go ahead. You had your your uh, your little book that you had to carry in your right rear pocket, folded a certain way. Yes. And it and it had like your ten general orders or whatever your notes were, and some other stuff. And it also had what they called street marks in there. In Orlando, they had uh, some red ropers that were called the military training division and yes. for any kind of little infraction they could pull a street mark and of course that gets back to your division yes. and that would result in an IT or something like that so fast forwarding a little bit I think we're in like week seven of uh, boot camp and you also had what they call the hard card and that had all of your stuff that you had done in boot camp like street mark demer what demerit whatever yeah and your my company your commanders grades. looked at it and they noticed, well, it looks like a seaman recruit. Cause I remember everybody's a seaman yes. recruit doesn't have anything in his. <laughs> and they, they made up some bullshit and, uh, <laughs> I had to go, but I didn't go to do anything except to be a stroker. You remember what that was? The guy who marked the, he stood yeah, at the, so you circulated, and you made sure that the guys that were in your detail of, of bad boys were doing the exercises yes. correctly. So yes. I'm circulating around and one of these petty officers come because I don't want to make my – I think if you got five strokes, you had to come back again the next night. <laughs> so this guy looks over my shoulder and he sees that none of the guys in my company have any marks against him. And he says to me, he says, if I don't see some marks in that book, you're going to be coming back with all of them tomorrow. So I put just enough in there for all of them, but not enough where they'd have to come Repeat. back. So, and that was my my only experience with uh, anything like that. Like I said, I I was doing a lot of stuff for my company commander, so I have to say they really cut me a lot of slack. 
I mean, they didn't it wasn't favoritism or anything. They just no, but you know, saw that I was I was doing a lot of extra stuff that none of the other recruits were doing. So they could, they could that kind of made up for that. Sure, they could tell. I had I had one one grave tactical error. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys have, but we had to keep these two little cards, like business business cards, in our in our pocket. That if you got stopped. No, we didn't have that in Orlando. We had the the booklet with the little okay. things, uh, the little chits. So we had to keep these cards, right? And you had to fill them out with the stu- you know, the 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 special navy handwriting, no double strokes, right? You know, the block letters right, they teach right. you how to. So you kept these two cards, that if you were out, not with your company, and a and a random red roper dude pulls you over, he would take the cards, fill them out, give you one to take back to your company commander, keep one for himself. Right. Well, for every inspection, we would make up a fresh set of these cards, mm-hmm. so they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't bent or sweat stained or mangled or just wore out. They were fresh, nice sharp corners or whatnot, right? Right. And sure enough, so it was a scramble for some reason, and um, we always had the dudes with the best handwriting make the cards for everybody, right? So. You make the cards, you tell the dude your name and social or whatever, and he gives you your cards, and you take out your worn-out ones and put the fresh ones in before you leave to go to the inspection. I didn't take my worn-out ones out. I had two sets of cards in there. So sure enough. Uh-oh. And they could, you know, and and those those dungaree shirts, you know, from a distance, you can kind of see the cards are in there, you know. And the guy's, you know, going down, he's checking you out, and he stops in front of me, and I'm sure he sees the two cards in there, or four cards, right? pulls them out the two sets of cards and says to me are you thinking you're going to get some extra trouble son you know sir no sir i have no idea how that happened right because you can't because they ask you right are you being prepared for inspection are you, you know you're not supposed to be prepared you're supposed to be always be prepared you know what i'm saying you're not supposed to do anything extra right before the inspection so the fact that i had two sets kind of points to that the company is kind of cheating or whatever I'm like no no i you know don't know how that's that's in there. I didn't admit to. Oh yeah, well, he's put an extra set in there for this. So he moves on, and 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 the the second company commander is a Filipino dude, and he couldn't say my name right. He replaced F's with P's. Right, right, right. And yeah, I can. I, I would have had a hard time not laughing every time he yelled at you. I swear to God, that would have been a bad thing. And he just very quietly says, "You fucked up." You fucked up, Benyes. You fucked up. You, you you know you fucked up. Yeah, and you're going to the IT. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. And uh you know, it wasn't too bad. I only had to go that one time, but you know Right. You come back well, they, have... they had uh they had uh they had a uh a second class I forget what his rate was, but they called him uh petty officer or doctor death or something like that. That <laughs> used to always run to IT and he had a rather infamous reputation. Um, I, I think it was like it's an extra duty for these guys, though, right? It's not like I think yeah, some sort of rotation. There, you're there in the evening doing it. You know, it's yeah. at well after hours. Well, it was two hours from eight to ten. Yep, yep so that's you, right. So you got back to uh, your barracks thirty minutes after lights out, and yep. and you can't take a shower, so you got to go to bed sweaty and sticky, and that's yep. But yeah, that was that was my one and only mistake. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, that was also one of the luxuries of being the yeoman since I, I did not have to um, go to the rack after ta- – I could go into the office 
because that's when I got a lot of the work done because there's it's quiet then. Holy and I had an assistant. Man. So we'd go into the but this is whole you know all this story this stuff is coming back which is good because we're getting this uh <laughs> you know documented for posterity. This is one of the funniest things that happened in boot camp. So I'll never forget the the the, the assistant yeoman yeoman was a kid named uh Al Al Lef L E F F and right no, nice guy. So Al and I are in the office. I actually had a little desk in there and I'm sitting at that. He's actually sitting at one of the company commander's desks, which was fine. They they didn't care about that. And uh so they have a duty daddy that's there every night in the like the division office they have someone on watch who's a real, you know, yeah. company commander that has the duty. And in this case it was uh, I want to say he was an AO1. He was a P3 ordinanceman too. He had a reputation of being kind of a mean guy, but but we had a run in with him that actually turned out in a good way that I'll talk about later. But anyhow, he comes in there and he goes, you know, what the, are you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. And we told, oh, and he's like, Hey, you see that coffee cup right there? That thing's filthy. Oh no. You need to clean that. Oh no. And this was the senior chief <laughs> no, machinist mate. And he had this coffee cup, USS Forstall, and had the anchor on it and all that. Oh no, no, no. And, and so Al goes in and cleans this thing, you know, where it's, I mean, you, it clean as a whistle, right? And this thing had been well seasoned, if you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, Oh, no. And holy cow. Uh, boy, I thought the senior chief, or at the time, uh, he was going to go into orbit. Did he go, did he go bust on the guy that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because he told him don't. After that, nobody ever came into our uh, company again after taps. Oh yeah, because I think he read them all the riot act about coming in there and mess. Because that was the good thing. We had two chiefs, and it was extremely unusual for any other red ropes to mess with us. So we were in, you know, we were kind of had it made in that regard. And, and you're just a plain never... old rifle company, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It we were like I think we might have been the only company on, on the uh on the base that had two chiefs just turned out that way you know i think it happened on occasion you know somebody had to mentor see we were the one guy's last company and the other guy's first, first company okay. so he was mentoring you know this was on his way out you know he's going to mentor this and he was really good too he was an osc who had actually been a freddy or an asac so he knew all about what aws did and all this kind of stuff sure. and uh my, 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 another funny thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say my two company so, my two company commanders were uh, a first class boatswain's mate and a, and a second class electrician's mate. Oh, okay. And, and, so kind of guard variety. And, uh, and the the Filipino guy was the electrician mate. So the the lead company commander was this boatswain mate guy, and he was very not a lot of words, right? Didn't talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to make him smile. <laughs> if you if you crack the exterior and you got him to smile, he kind of, you know, he, he he softened up a bit. But apparently, uh, our sister company, their their, you know, number one company commander, and this and ours were were a, a team for like, you know, I don't know how many weeks or cycles or whatever, and and they kept pushing out these honor companies, right? These companies that were just kicking mm -hmm. everybody's ass. So they said, okay, we'll we'll split mm -hmm. them up. And see if we can get two for the price of one. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't quite turning out that way. I don't know if it was because 
the, our sister company, their number two guy was better than ours or whatever, but, um, yeah, the, the, well, we, go ahead. I was just gonna say our company, the company before ours, they, they, they were like the, the honor company or whatever thing, but my company, we won every single flag, everything you could get except both comp- competition periods, the period before and after work week, we did not win the infantry flag. And I remember comp- uh, one of them telling my uh, mom at the reception there, uh, they had that, uh, yeah, these, these young men can do everything except march. <laughs> <laughs> Damned if they didn't try and make us march. They had us out there in the middle of the night freaking march, and they had us doing, you know, calling out the bugle calls. You know, they had a tape recording of that with our rifles in our rack you know the whole nine yards but didn't really uh catch on too good yeah because okay so i'm i'm i had to look at my picture to refresh my memory so there was a there was three events right uh um you got an s flag for scholastic stuff you got the infantry flag for drill and ceremonies and then the a flag was athletics right or uh yeah and then there was a torch flag there was a torch flag too but i forget what that was for we had oh we had the chickens did you have the chickens the e's uh, see, the, the chicken e's there they had a big chicken and a little chicken they were the e flags yeah um, i'll have to look we had a we had a ton of stuff i know that by the by the time we we you know every time you turn around it was a you know uh we had somebody up front that was carrying a flag yeah, so we. Yeah, you know, when you were marching. So I'm looking at my picture, and we only have we only have two of the infantry. We have three of the other two, but we only have the two, and each one each color represented, right? A red, a blue. Yeah, and in Orlando yellow. they were all blue with a letter on them. Yeah, no, we had like a cross rifles, a blue cross rifles, a yellow cross rifles, red cross rifles, and it was like first, second, and third place or whatever, or a cumulative mm-hmm. score or something. You know, come on, what is this? This is toward. This is 2020, and I, you know, so this is almost 40 years ago, right? 30, 38 right, years ago right. next month. I know it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but um, um, yeah, we didn't quite, you know, a good solid second or third place, I guess. But the, did you did in Orlando did it, did they have a flag that if your um, company was carrying it, you could cut line at the chow hall? No, no, yeah. they didn't have that, or that I remember. I mean, I, I don't remember. Yeah, if you how could. the pecking order went to go into chow except uh being the yeoman i went in first because yeah, you had to tell them how I many people in. right you had to tell them how many people you had yep yeah so i came from all the way to the back to the front so i had it made because everybody else the clock starts the time from the time the first person sits down at the table so when the last person sits down they might have like five minutes to eat i'm already done oh, yeah yeah, so. But, you know, some of the funny stuff I remember from the first week is I remember uh, one of the company commanders, all right, all of you Airedales and uh, reservists, raise your hand. So, of course, I raised my hand. All right, lean and rest. Because <laughs> he didn't like, didn't like Airedales. <laughs> he didn't like reservists or Airedales or something. I don't know. Just, so there we were leaning and resting, and then – then they had this lined up uh, that same that same day, or this was like the very maybe the very first day after we got our haircuts and uniform issue, and that's another funny thing I'll I'll, I'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, they said, so what do you want to do? What are you going to be doing in the Navy? And the guy next to me, I remember his name was Tony Dandridge, 
and he was a black kid from Mississippi or Alabama or something like that. And he says, I'm going to drive me one of them big boats. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. You know, with that southern, you know, <laughs> yeah. deep south accent. I'm just like, oh, my God. I almost <laughs> I almost busted out. A few people did start laughing. I didn't. But I looked over and the ones I remember the one of the company commanders had to turn his head. Yes. Because he was he started busting out laughing. And uh, it turns out, like the next day, the guy had crabs. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the bunk right next to his. Yeah. Uh, so it's just all of this life stuff. When you go in the military and you're in a in a large group of people that are very diverse from all over the country, yes. different walks of life, that you're going to have all this crazy shit happen. Did you like did, that? Did you guys get to talk about? It's going to be a couple days before you poop. Um, so, you know, imagine this, this, cause, uh, our first class boats and mate, uh, BM1 Ursary, and he was a, he was a black gentleman and he was, you know, okay, now listen, it's going to be a couple of days before you need to use the toilet. Cause you're, you know, your body's in a little shock. Yeah. 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 And the food they give you is so full of freaking salt, right? Cause. Yep. Got well, there's always that rumor that they were putting saltpeter no, in the I food. Too. I don't know about saltpeter, but I, I know that, you know, it's uh, water retaining water is a good idea for all the stuff they put you through. Yeah, even, exactly. Yeah. Even though I'm, you know, Great Lakes and learning survival training, right? November, December, January is, you know, hot and humid is not a problem. No, it was just kind of tailing off at the end. But you know, one of the other funny things about uh, that first part of boot camp is. As you remember, you have to cycle all of your clothes, right? So you wear clean clothes, and then it goes into the laundry. Yes. So that within that first week, everything gets washed. Yes. I hated well, wearing the fresh clothes. The, they st- the, the mothball smell is horrible. Oh, yeah. And then the, 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 the other funny thing was, you know, since it was still kind of, um, you know, early, mid-November, the sun is still fairly high down there. We all had a riff tan. Oh, yeah. From the, the white hat. The so grind- you took your white hat off, and, like, the upper part of your forehead was, like, sheet white. The grinder reminder. Yeah. And then the other thing is the first week you didn't wear the um, – you wore the duty belt, and you didn't have the piece, but you wore those stupid navy white sneakers, which promptly all turned blue because of your sweating from them cycling you. Plus, it's a little bit warm. So now you're – your sneakers literally turned blue from the dye coming off of your, of your, uh, of your dungarees. They didn't have you wearing boondockers. Not the first week, and when you're what they call a riffer in processing. Because when you're a riffer and you're in processing, even though you're in a company, you haven't started eight one day until you finish your in processing, whatever, however many days that takes. Interesting. Um, I, I don't think it's too long. I want to say it's like uh, maybe like two days or three days but you don't wear the you don't wear the uh the leggings and you don't wear the uh you wear the duty belt but you don't march and you wear the stupid white sneakers and of course the white hat and they made it oh i don't know why but they made us wear the blue jacket you know that blue utility jacket even though it's like 75 freaking degrees out i think that's just all part of the 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 thing or whatever uh, plus you stand out and you can't, you look like a gaggle when you're marching and just, you know, it's kind of rough there, uh, w- the first couple weeks till I'd say by week three, uh, 
things kind of settle in and you're you're in your mode. But the first couple of weeks, that's when these people are doing the, the 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 guys that are doing all the crazy stuff. All that was going on that first two weeks. Because we had another guy that thought it would be a good idea to climb up on the sink and do a header. Dumbass. <laughs> and he his dad was an active duty master chief. Oh. And and he disappeared. Wasn't cut out for the family business, I guess. No, it wasn't cut out for the family uh, family business. And in Orlando, they had this one this thing that they call. Uh, if you remember, the training days were divided by the day and the week. So like you had one five day or two three day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An eight three day was the day that you you know you you uh, uh, pass and review and yeah. and the next day you leave, right? Well, theoretically, we, we didn't leave the next day. I mean, we, yeah, we left. I left the day of. Act. Uh, no, no, wait a second. What am I talking about? You had to have had a. No, it wasn't right? the day. Of, it wasn't the day of, or even the next day for me either. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we were. It was like two days later. We were at the far end. You know, we were the you know, we yeah. were the last two. We were the last two, because Great Lakes the the divisions were stretched out on a long long skinny piece of land. So we were at the far end. So we were the last two companies to leave. First yeah, two, yeah, first we, we, left we didn't leave till the end too. There, as I, as I recall, um, but uh, in Orlando they had this thing that's called the one five day stand tall. Does that sound familiar? No. That, anything like that? No. Well, what the one five days? That's week one, day the five. fifth day. Yeah. And you're gonna have an inspection. So what do you know about anything at that point? You know. They, they, they taught us how to fold our clothes, yep. how to store our locker, how to make your rack, you know, the, the, what we had to do for the routine cleaning of the compartment, blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know if this would be something that the Navy would even do now because I think they would consider it to be hazing or something along that line because it was sort of like a kangaroo court. You know, there's no way any you're going to pass this inspection and they are going to it was like hell day in 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 rescue swimmer school um they, they, they tear uh, the place apart right they uh yeah well that's how it yeah ultimately they do but you know in the beginning they have a standing on the line and they're ripping you apart for you know stuff and they were doing some funny stuff too because i remember in orlando that they they had the shower shoes because i'd never heard the term shower shoes until yeah. i went in the navy neither had i and, yeah. and it's, i thought it was flip-flops right yeah <laughs> well they had like a sticker on there <laughs> and that was one of the things that was gear adrift on your you know on your well this one kid had a sticker on his and they made him put him on his lapel on his on one of his shirts and go in front of everybody in the company while you're standing on the line and say and he had it on there like uh, I think they wrote ensign on it, oh and he gosh. had to say I'm an ensign idiot, <laughs> and and of course you had to keep a straight face. And I, I was determined that these guys were not going to get to me because they had every company commander from our division in there, not just ours. There's a lot of yelling going on and people doing push-ups and this and that, and uh, you know like my bunk was okay, my locker was okay, and then. Finally, it came down where they took my bag away from me, and and then they gave it back to me. And then this guy comes over to inspect us, and he pulls he pulls a comic book out of it. Oh my gosh! And 
So I, I, he's saying, what the, f you know, is this? And, I, and, and I'm looking at one of my company commanders who had just happened again to be this senior chief, uh, Harrington, that just passed. And he's kind of like laughing a little bit. And I knew he had put it in there. And I said, I said, uh, I did not, you know, I'm like denying everything. And of course, <laughs> and, and he's, are you trying to call me a liar? You know what? You're get the, he wants, I want you to get the fuck out of my company, get out of my company. They made me pack my whole sea bag and leave. What the hell? I packed my whole seat bag, put it on my back, and by then we had the rifle. I took a, you know, my rifle, and out the door I went. And where I'm supposed to go, I don't know. So I'm going down the middle of the the main boulevard there, and of course one of these red robes sees a recruit with a right with a rifle and a and a sea bag on his back, and he's just like, I'm thinking he's probably thinking to himself, "Yep, I know what's going on today." So he comes pedaling over there, you know. He says, "Where you, you know, halt, you know, yeah. where are you going?" And they told me to get the F out of the company. <laughs> I don't remember if he laughed or not. I probably would have laughed if I was him. So he brought me back there, and he goes, is this one of yours? He's... So after everything was done, they cycled us to the point where every bit of my body was soaking wet to the point where the corpsman intervened. Really? I was just about – I because I wasn't going to quit or give up. I just – I had, like, just about had heat exhaustion. Oh, yeah. Because they – they closed all the doors and the windows, like the walls were actually sweating, and and I just I just wouldn't quit, and I and ultimately the corpsman made me stop, and uh, yeah, I was literally soaked through, every every bit of my uniform was completely soaked through with sweat. I didn't get mad. And that uh, never got that. We, yeah, we had, that, we had that to, was like the. I mean, we had some, but not 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 to uh, not to extreme. Well, on occasion, they bring in this uh, bosun's mate, first class, who was the division master at arms to to do it, and he would come in with a with a uh, a, a yardstick, and if he sm if he hit it down on the, the center board thing, the tables in the middle, which of course we were not allowed to sit at. Nope. Uh, we never we didn't use those or the or the lounge until halfway through boot camp, after we, work week. We got to use the tables to iron, put a blanket yeah, out there and think, iron, use them to iron, but. Sit there and write a letter? No. No. After after uh, the first comp period and we won the first comp period and all that, because we did our our in our, our company did in our training group, they they let us use that and they let us use the lounge and they let us use the. We actually had a, a soda machine in the division. They let us use that, but uh, not all the time, of course. Um, we had a soda machine in the uh, uh, in the lounge that connected the two open bays between our company and the sister company. And they would tell you, you know, uh, smoke break. They would take a smoke break. You have to post a fire watch, right? Which is fill a buck with water mm -hmm. and stand over with your mm -hmm. smoldering cigarette. And uh, they would let you buy a soda. If, you know, because if the smokers get a break, then the non-smokers get something. And so I would use the vending machine, probably a quarter to fire soda back then. I remember going through... There was a company that was down there that remember you remember Dave Haddock, right? Yes. Well, Dave was in. Uh, I didn't real. I mean, I recognized him later on, but he was in this company that was down there at the time that everybody in it was from North Carolina. Oh, cohort, nice. Yeah, and we went through that company after they got hurricaned. I don't, I don't know if that was a, a thing and or uh, Great Lakes, but a hurricane. They failed their barracks inspection. And they tore and, everything out. Yeah. And every. Everything was everywhere. I mean, it was insane. So that was kind of to give us the hint, like, 
you guys better have your you know what wire tight and uh, we did good on all all of that stuff uh it was just the marching part um i remember um they yep. used to have a thing called uh division officer sidewalk in orlando okay and that was if you screwed up really bad um you went to see the division officer and it wasn't a good thing <laughs> Let's put it that way. I, and, and go ahead. I don't think I saw any commissioned officer in basic training until graduation. Yeah, we saw this guy, and everybody was terrified of him. He was a, he was a, a warrant officer. Oof. Uh, he was an OS <laughs> OS you know warrant officer. He had the OS you know thing, and he had like the spider web tattoos on his elbows, and he he just looked like a hard ass, and he really was a and he was the one out on the, the sidewalk they called the division uh that went up to the quarter deck for the division and he was out there mashing these guys that screwed up and i think when we failed one of the infantry inspections he had our rcpo out there to make an example out of him and uh, uh he mashed him pretty good and and uh, you know of course uh we had our turn coming after that from our this VM one, but they had a guy from another company and this is, he just lost his mind and, and they had like these shrubs that kind of line the, the walkway as you came up. He started eating the shrubs in the, from the push up position. <laughs> so needless to say, he, he disappeared never to return. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I think, uh, you know, as I, I was saying before, you know, there, it's a culture shock to go into the military. And then some of the absurdities that you uh, um, are privy to, like the whole thing on how to brush your teeth. Do you remember going to the class on how to brush your teeth? No, I the don't. the dental hygienist? No. Oh, yeah. They had a full-on thing. Each one of you sit in front of this little sink and the guy's showing you how to. And I'm thinking to myself, really? You gotta show us how to brush our teeth. Okay. I guess some people don't know how. I don't. I I remember we had we all had to buy the same soap. Yep. You only had uh the soap that that wouldn't leave a film in the shower, right? But it didn't clean you worth the crap. Yeah. And then before a barrack inspection, everyone had, everyone had to walk through the shower and rub your hand on the wall as you walked by it to get any soap scum off that you didn't catch when you were cleaning. Well, right. there the was whole... a few guys that uh, got to get, got mashed in the freaking shower where they were in there in full uniform and they cranked the hot water up in there, and Ooh, one, you know, and then they had them in there steamy. like a steam room. They, they had done something bad or what have you. But I think, uh, you know, that was the other advantage of being a yeoman. I could take a shower whenever I wanted to. And, other than the first morning, that's the only time I ever took a shower uh, with uh, maybe when Al, you know, he was the other yeoman. We'd take hit, hit the showers and then hit the rack at the same time. But it, that was another thing about uh, if you hadn't been playing sports or used to that kind of thing. They In Orlando, it wasn't like they had the showers up against the wall. They had these things in the middle that was like a column with the shower heads. Okay. Like – so you're literally shoulder to shoulder with somebody else taking a shower. Oh, had, okay, so Great Lakes had the shower. That was a little bit. That was a little <laughs> bit disconcerting, I have we, to say. 
we had three three of the four walls in the shower, you know, had spouts poking out of it. So I think maybe nine dudes could shower at once. Yeah, I, for, yeah. I forget. Yeah. Maybe nine. And we only had four toilets, you know, sit, you know, sit down toilets. And there are no stalls. No doors. We had we well, we had partitions between each one, but we had no doors. No, uh, we didn't even we didn't even have partitions. It was like full. It looked like the heads from Full Metal Jacket. Oh my gosh, I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we had that. We had that. And then we had a room back behind the head where they had these wash tables where you would scrub your white hat, your duty belt, and your spats, your leggings. And when yeah. they first originally open the boot camp in 67 it was you you scrubbed all your laundry in fact they issued you a bucket and a scrub brush and and the lyso and a brush to want to do your laundry in a galvanized bucket back in the when they that was right up until about uh like the early 70s when they finally stopped doing that we, uh uh great lakes had the drying rooms too but we didn't we never used them we put all the laundry in well, bags and shipped them out I mentioned that I had a uh, a run-in with that AO1, the P3 guy. So there was another guy in our in in our, my boot camp company who was in our aircrew class that failed out of A school, like the very very early blonde-haired guy from California. He was going to be a reservist. He was in our. I, if I saw the picture, I could point him out to you. Um, and so he and I used to go in there after hours, and we would PT in there. Really? And we were in there. Yeah, we were in there like at night and that guy doing his little walk around thing walked in and we're in there PT and he's like, what the, you know, he's going off. And then we told him what we were going to do. We were going to be a dead, blah, blah, blah. And he's all right, just keep the noise down and don't get, don't let anybody else catch you. So he's pretty cool about it. Actually, yeah. I thought he was, gonna, I thought he was going to really bust our ass, but he didn't. Yeah, he Once never... he realized what we were doing, you know, he was actually kind of cool about it. You, you never know what and, shenanigans will fly. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, like, um, you know, you graduate basic training and now you're supposedly, you know, you're still a seaman recruit, but supposedly, you know, you're, you're done with the hard stuff. But, you know, there's a few days before you actually ship out and they tell you, you know, don't mess up because they'll make you do it again or they'll. Oh, they'll yeah. They were always threatening the uh, getting this getting recycled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you but know, I'm gonna send you back to one five one one day if you don't get your head out of your you know what yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 yeah or the find... whole company we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put you back to the rear and all this other sort of stuff you know yeah. it's just psychology yes and, and I look back I wonder if they would actually follow through on that because like um, the night before we left you know we're still standing that stupid fire watch and you're supposed to be yeah. in full uniform right uniform of the day which is dungarees at the time but that last night. <laughs> No, stood there. Watch. This is a t-shirt and shorts, you know, boondockers in your rifle. You know? Yeah, not even a cover. Just kind of were there. You yes. know, and as a yeoman, I never stood. A, I never stood a single watch the entire time I was in boot camp. Well, I didn't get any special duty. You know, I was a squad leader. I didn't get anything special. I, as a matter of fact, I pulled duty on Saturday of of uh, graduation weekend. So I had Friday night and Sunday off. I didn't get Saturday off. And because. And because I got meritoriously advanced, I didn't have any duty during the weekend off thing oh, either. See, <laughs> the first watch I ever stood in, in the Navy was that that fire watch the first week of Air Crew Candidate School. In Macus, okay. Yeah. 
And I I did I did my share of uh, I can't remember if there were two hours in basic training. I don't think there were I think there were two hour watches. Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, the more that we start talking about stuff, the more, you know, we could we could almost spend probably a bunch of hours just talking about uh, about the whole boot camp thing. As far as uh, related to the uh, Aircrew AW thing, there are three events that stood out. One was uh, I had to go for my first uh, flight physical. You did flight physical I had basic go- training, really? Yeah, they sent me over to the uh, main hospital. And uh, there was a flight surgeon. I did the the full physical there. And uh, then the other thing was we had, remember, if you remember, Mike, we had to do a second-class swim test. Yes, yes, I remember. Uh, so, of course, when, you, when you're going to go to to in the Navy, they you, you sign something about acknowledging that that's going to be something that's contingent about for you continuing within your, your training. You had yep. to successfully complete that. I wasn't worried about that in the slightest, of course, really, but... Um, one day my company commander, one of them says, Hey, uh, you need to double time down to the gym to do your second class swim test. Yeah. I, so I had the same, um, one of our, one of our, uh, yeah. one of our, uh, classmates at, at NACUS was in the sister company, my sister company, and we both got sent at the same time. And so, yeah, you know, I we, went by we, myself. We doubled time down there together. And it was, you know, in hindsight, it was the damnedest thing, too. And the reason I say that is I reported to where I was supposed to report to, some office inside the the field house there, because it was a big facility, obviously. And it was a, uh, I think it was a chief. And, uh, you know, he's pretty cool, actually. But the weird thing is he points to this window on the bil- on the side of the building. And he says, climb up the side of the building, what? out that open window, and you'll see a rubber mat on the awning for the pool. And I want you to come, be standing there at attention with your toes curled over the edge. Okay. So I literally had to climb up using the pipes and all this other shit to get outside on the, on the awning and got out there on this rubber mat. Um overlooking the deep end of the pool with my toes curled over. It's probably about a, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 foot drop in there. Cause underneath that is all these bleachers. And he came out there with his little shepherd's crook and <laughs> he, he just points at the pool, like get in. <laughs> so I did like I was taught the abandoned ship thing. Yeah. I came in, popped up and he, he said, uh, you know, tread water for five minutes or whatever. And, uh, and then do one one length of the pool with the, uh, you know, uh, elementary backstroke, one of breaststroke, and then one of uh, side stroke, I think, and get out. <laughs> I, I think that was it, right? Yeah. Tread uh, water for five minutes. The three strokes, isn't that right? Uh, side or something else? Wasn't it? Wasn't it was side? I remember side stroke. It was crawl. We had to do crawl. Uh, was, That's right. Wasn't frog? It wasn't breaststroke, was it? I can't remember. I know we had to do three strokes and we had yes. to tread water. I want to say it's a breaststroke because I hated the breaststroke. I couldn't. And I, he, then he says, "Get out." <laughs> you passed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then you know, got dried off, put my uniform back on, and all that. Oh, that's right. I got there, and then I changed, and then I came out, and I'm like, okay, how do I? Where we at the? That's when he points to this freaking window. 
and it was up about like 25 feet. Wow. Maybe it wasn't quite that high, but so the weird thing is I literally, it was no ladder, no nothing. I had to kind of climb up the pipes and shit to get up there. There was no indoor pool? Oh, it was it was an outdoor pool. Oh, no, we had an indoor but pool. But I was, yeah, well, you're in, you know. Oh, um, Great Lakes, right? Up there in Great, Great Lakes, yeah. Yeah, I just. And, uh, yeah, the flight physical, the second class swim test, and then. Um, I didn't I have a flight physical basic training. My, my first flight physical was at was nami yeah well we had that one too and i remember we had like this the first flight physical i had there was with a, a lady lieutenant commander i remember her i don't know short, if you had the same short, short yeah. lady yeah well we were in the same yeah. class yeah uh, I had right. my, she was pretty nice because i had my it's a little weird having a woman doing it but you know because i had my that, uh, that was really my first experience with a lady doctor before you know i'm like oh boy i had my pressure chamber, but, chamber incident in We'll have to talk about that next time. When we yeah, talk, when I we talk vaguely about remember something about that. Yeah, we'll talk. Uh, I, but I, I remember marching. Oh, I remember marching that first week in in Nakus, We had to wear the gunfighters. Yes, because we didn't have our PT gear yet. <laughs> yep, because I remember marching over there to Nami, uh, in our our gunfighters. And uh, yeah, there was one other thing. I think. Oh yeah, we had to go see the classifier, and and yeah, again, okay. Uh, you sure you want to be an AW? Is this what you want to do? Blah, 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 blah. I, and, I didn't uh, get any of yep. that. <laughs> and that same day was the day we actually got issued our ID cards, too. That's like, okay, it looks like these guys, this was after work week. This might have been like the, I don't know, six, maybe week six. Maybe it was even week seven, something like that. Uh, you know, that's and, funny uh, to see that getting issued the ID card triggers a memory. But it wasn't, I don't remember being given an option to change. But I do remember sitting down with a guy verifying, you're here for this. Oh, yep. and you also had to decide if, right then if you wanted to uh, do the Veep. If you wanted yep, to. Yep, that's it. I remember that too. If you wanted to it's, co contribute to Veep. It, and, it's amazing how that memory just popped in yeah, my yeah, head that that was part of that whole thing. <laughs> it's crazy, <Yep>. huh? <laughs> I had to sign that. Yep, I do remember that. Weird. It's weird that I remember that now. I really do. It's, it's, and it was a nice guy. It was like a first class personnel, and he was really, you know, chill. Yeah, yeah. Um but this this is another kind of a it's not funny but in hindsight it's it's uh funny mainly because of this kid that uh I was friends with in boot camp uh a really nice guy he's from Brooklyn. And uh so you know how the navy is, you know, you go get your teeth checked and all that and they and okay, like half your company is going to get their wisdom teeth yanked, right? Yeah. So this one kid I don't know, maybe it's sometime during that first week. They yank all four of this, this poor, poor kid's wisdom teeth out in one go. And for some reason, I have no idea why they came to me or whatever. Maybe because we're like in the racks in the very front of the company. You know, where the, I was on the bottom, the MMA, MAA was in the top. I don't know how it wound up with the, I wound up on the bottom. Maybe he wanted the top. I don't know. And the, and then the RCPO was on the top, and the guidon was on the bottom, and the, and then the rest of the company, the, the length of the compartment. So we're really close to the the lounge and the CC's office, and and the fire watch and comes and wakes me up, and, and I'm like, what's wrong? And he says, hey, this one guy over him over here, man, he's bleeding everywhere. Oh no. <laughs> and so I go over there, and I think a bunch of the other guys too. And the the fire watch, he's got a flashlight, 
and and I and we go over and this freaking kid I I must might have popped a stitch or they or he needed stitches. His whole and of course he's all doped up on 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 uh, you know Percocet or or whatever the hell they gave him for pain, and he's bleeding everywhere like his his pillow was soaked with blood. Ugh. And so I, I, I don't remember how, but somehow someone went and got the division, uh, the duty daddy to come over. He comes over and, and uh, of course, they call the ambulance and they say, all right, you, he, put, he looks at me and he says, you're going to go with him. You know, okay. So I get in the back of the ambulance with this kid and the corpsman and everybody, we go to the main hospital and so I'm just sitting out in the lobby. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And this guy comes over and he goes, hey, man, you want to use the phone? <laughs> OK. Yeah. Yeah. You want you want a soda? Uh, sure. You know, okay. I, I I'm scared to death to do anything. But he's like, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and so, yeah, I'm sitting there drinking a soda. And I'm talking on the phone. And then it came time, you know, uh, to, for this kid. They got him patched up and everything. And we uh, they. They took us back over there. Yeah, I, I got the sense that if someone was not actually involved in pushing boots, they're actually pretty chill dudes. They didn't care. Yeah. Except for the guys that I that I didn't like in the chow hall that were all the push-button crows that were either on some kind of hold or um, they had finished Machinist Mate A school and they were waiting for, for Nuke school to start because remember back then the Nuke school was in Orlando. So they had all of these push-button crows as Mestec mastered on arms oh. in the chow all there and they every last one of them was a flaming you know what yeah oh they're everywhere all right so so okay so i think i think we're at a good point you know an hour and 15 in yeah uh to maybe kind of to wrap it up and uh, and and promise folks we'll talk about uh, our time in pensacola next yeah, because I think we covered, give, give you know, a, a good, a good. I gave a good broad brush uh, of what uh, you know Navy uh, basic training was like uh, in the early 1980s, and from two different, uh, two different ago. locations. You know, there's slight differences with uh, Orlando and uh, uh, Great Lakes. A lot of same terminology though, too. Yep. Yep. Very. Uh, I think the most interesting thing was just the. Uh, um, how you go from being a you know a gaggle to a pretty cohesive unit in a short period of time, understanding all of the drill that you do over that eight and a half weeks is all to get ready for that, that pass and review. Yep, that's really what it's for. Because um, by the time the pass and review comes, you know you're 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 looking pretty good out there and when you, you're and you you know what marching you, yeah, your thing. You anticipate everything. You know what's coming up. You know how to yeah. I remember. Yep. Can still hear all those stupid bugle calls in my sleep. <laughs> I'll have to find those and play them for you next time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna call it, uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Then uh, I'll just uh, at this point uh, I'll give out the email address if if anybody's still listening, right? Because if they're still subscribed, they're probably one you know wondering if they're if they're dreaming that. You know, a new, right. a new episode comes out 12 years. Well, actually, the last one was 2010. But um, so, if you want to give some feedback, or have a story to share, or want to um, ask us to talk about whatever, 
you can reach me at uh, Mike at uh, NavalAir.net. And if uh, Scott wants one, I can make him an email address there too. So Mike at NavalAir.net. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll do our best to meet your request. So I'm going to say goodnight. Scott, why don't you uh, say goodnight as well? And, uh... and uh, thanks for the opportunity to... Uh... You know, kind of tell, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's my story, it, it's our story, because we're just one of thousands of uh, young, and I want to say men, because they were all men at that time in the AW rate that um, had a common uh, uh, experience during that period of, uh, of naval history, which had a, I'd say, a big influence on shaping the rest of my life, I have to say. Same here, same here. Yes. It's been my pleasure. Well, mine as well. All right, then. I'm going to say goodnight. I'm going to hit the button, and uh, I guess we'll all see you next week. Uh, stay safe, and God bless. Mm-hmm.